around, everyone. You're missing out on all of the fun. With magic and the law of attraction, starring Madame Pamita. Episode 17. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Hello everyone, I am your host, Madam Pamita, and you're listening to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Well, I am back. Believe it or not, the podcast has come back and here I am. And so much has happened since the last time I had a podcast episode. So I'm excited to share a little bit of that with you right now. A lot has gone on and it would be a whole podcast in itself if I was to tell you all that's gone on. But one really, really important thing happened while I was away. And that was, I wrote a book. I wrote a book called Madame Pamita's Magical Tarot, and it is out on Wiser Books. It came out in March of 2018, and you can find it on my store, parlorofwonders.com. If you look under author, you'll see my book for sale on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, and of course on my site. So you definitely want to check that out if you are interested at all in the tarot or divination or symbolism, you'll want to check out this book. It talks very deeply about the symbols of the Rider-Waite-Smith deck and how they can be used to intuit information from the spirit realm. But I also give more than that. And if you are experienced with the throne, you think, yeah, I know how to read cards. I'm already good at it. You will also want to check out this book because I talk about using the tarot in ways that you may not have thought of using it before. For example, I give affirmations for each of the cards and I show you how to use the cards magically, how to use them in spell work. So there's something for beginners, there's something for experienced users. Definitely check out my book, pick up a copy at your local bookstore or online through my site or your usual channels of buying books. So go ahead and check that out. Madame Pamita's Magical Tarot. And if you are interested in tarot, I also have a an online course. Now I've taught tarot for many years um, in my shop and I've taught people from beginning level and taken them all the way up till they are professional. So if you are interested in learning tarot and want to learn in an environment that is fun, you'll want to check out my new online version of this course. Now, we have a free online introduction and we also have a beginning course. Now, the beginning course right now is filled. We already had it. We launched our first one and it's already filled, but there is a waiting list. And if you'd like to be on that waiting list, go over to parlorofwonders.com, look under instruction and look at the Academy of the Magical Arts. And that's the place where I'm going to be offering classes, online classes. So anyone anywhere in the world could be accessing this beautiful course where I teach you how to use the tarot, get comfortable with the tarot, and really expand your own intuition. It's a fabulous thing. So go ahead and sign up for the free intro. And if you are interested in the beginning course, sign up for the waiting list for the beginning course, and you'll be notified when we open up a new class. Okay. 
All right, so we have a great question for you this week, and it was sent in by Samantha from San Francisco, and she wrote in something really straightforward. How can I use food or drinks to influence a person with magic? And that is a great question because it raises a bigger question. Can we use food or drink magically? And if so, why would we use it? And how would we use it? So in this episode, I'm going to give you that answer. Well, the answer is yes, you can use food or drink magically. And I'm going to teach you how to make a potion, including how to make a potion with ready-made liquor. And I'm also going to show you how to do spell work with making food, with things that you have in your kitchen cabinet already. And I'm going to teach you how to bless your food magically and in a way that you could oh, I don't know, make a family gathering more uh, tranquil and happy and joyful. So we're going to get into all of that in this episode today. So let's just jump right in. The answer to that question, can we use food or drink magically, is a resounding yes, 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 we can. Um, Using food or drink for magical purposes is very old magic. This goes back to generations, generations, even prehistory. If, as we've talked about in previous episodes and centuries past, magic and medicine were deeply intertwined. So let's go back into Madame Pamita's patented podcast time machine to the time of prehistory and to our earliest ancestors where they were the ones that saw the world as a magical place. Even our ancestors of a few generations ago, we're much more closely connected to nature than we are today, or most of us are today. And as a result, they were more attuned to the medicinal properties of natural things, as well as the magical properties of those things. And so to our ancestors, there really wasn't a difference between taking slippery elm to soothe an ulcer and taking slippery elm to stop gossip. So those things that we see magically and those things that we see medicinally were very, very closely intertwined. There was, all of it was magic to them. So as we've gotten, you know, progressed in our culture and we've become a more technological culture, the price that we've paid for that technology. And believe me, that technology is wonderful for many, many things. It connects me to you. I mean, I can connect to you all over the world. You have things like podcasts, you have ways, you know, social media that we can connect to people far away. We can make face phone calls, you know, but the price that we've paid for connecting with that technology is we have gotten away from our connection to nature. So we really have to make a conscious effort in our technological society to get back to connecting with the vibrations, the magical vibrations of nature. You know, you can see it every place around you. When we see people that are hanging out in a park and, you know, 20 years ago, these people would have been looking at the flowers or enjoying the breeze that was blowing by or talking with their friends at a picnic. But now what do we see? We see people sitting in a park and they're glued to their phones, they're looking at their phones, they've got headphones in their ears, and so on. So we have this lovely tool, technology, and the internet in particular, but I'm going to ask you, you know, to take some conscious time to connect to nature in some way, because connecting to nature is powerful. 
And what does it have to do with our episode today? Well, the natural world is where we find tools for magic. You know, if you go onto my website, what do I sell there? I sell gemstones, nature. I sell herbs, nature. I sell beeswax candles, nature. All of it comes from nature. These are the strongest, most powerful magical tools that are available to us. There's a reason for that. Things that are natural have their own strong vibration that can help and support us in our magical endeavors. So let's talk about that in context of magical food or drink. So when we are talking about magic, and one of the gold standards I give for magic is to put something on someone or take something from someone to create a connection. This is particularly important in love magic or magic where we're trying to influence another person. So if we are trying to work on ourselves, we would put oil on ourselves, on our body. It's a much stronger kind of magic to do that than to light a candle representing ourselves, right? If we get it on our body, it's absorbing into our skin and becoming a part of us. Now think about food and drink. Food and drink become a part of us. When we take something into our body, our body breaks it down, you know, just like, you know, biology class in high school, our body breaks it down and then it transforms that into part of our body right? We use those nutrients to feed our body, to rebuild our cells, and so on. Now, imagine taking something magical, taking it internally, your body's going to turn it into part of your body. You're going to take it in. So, this is something that is very, very, very strong magic. Now, Every natural thing, everything we eat has a vibration. I'm not even going to say every natural thing. Everything we eat has a vibration. But the closer you can get to the natural state, the stronger that vibration is. So just think about this logically. If we look at an animal, an animal has a very strong vibration, right? And a living animal moving around, we can connect to it. We may even get um, messages from that animal. We can uh, feel that animal animal's vibration and so on. Now, when that animal dies and goes into the ground and then the pieces of the animal are decomposing, it may end up becoming fossilized. Now, that fossil is still going to have a vibration. It was once an animal, but the vibration may be a little less strong than the living animal. Now, if we go back even further to what fossils become, often fossils become petroleum, oil, what we use to make gasoline and oil. And from petroleum, we can make plastic. So when you have something that's plastic, it does have a vibration, but the vibration of it is sort of exponentially weaker. It's not the living animal. It's not even the fossil. It's not even the petroleum or the oil that was that fossil was crushed into. It's now plastic. So the plastic does have a vibration, but it's very distant from the original strong vibration of the animal. So the same thing goes for food and drink. Now the food and drink spells that I'm going to talk about here are made with herbs and natural foods. Why? Because those have the strongest vibration. Could you theoretically use a strawberry starburst candy and turn it into a 
receptacle for your magic? Absolutely. Of course you could. But what do you think is stronger, a strawberry starburst or an actual wild strawberry that you picked in a forest that you found? Of course, that strawberry is going to be much stronger in vibration, have be a much more of a stronger substrate for you to imbue with your magical intention than the strawberry starburst. I think if you check in with yourself intuitively, you know that already. But You'll see some funny things out there on the internet that tell you you can use all kinds of stuff for magic. And so I want to make that clear. So when we are doing magical work to make a potion or to make a magical food, we want to first use something as close to natural state as possible. Um, So let's talk about this. When we do magic with food and drink, we are looking at an an equation. First, you're looking at the power of the receptacle, the receptacle for your magic, okay? You're using a wild strawberry, or you're using spring water, or you're using, um, uh, oh, I don't know, a a spoonful of honey. Um, All of those things are the receptacle for your magic, and they have a vibration of their own. Now, if you want to know about particulars of that, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, about what things vibrate at you know, what kind of vibration each kind of thing has and how to match that up. But just know that at the basic level, every natural thing has its own vibration. Now you take the power of the vibration of that natural piece of food or potential drink and you imbue it with your intention. You put your prayer into it. You put your petition into it. You put your intention, your strong wish into that item. Now you put that in a body right? Whether you're taking it in for yourself, whether you're taking it in for yourself, or whether you are giving it to someone else. So that's the the kind of equation we need to do this magic with food or drink. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about first about liquids that you can take in. So there's many possibilities on liquids that you can imbue with magic. The first that comes to mind, of course, is teas. Teas or tisan. Tisan is another word for herbal tea or a tea with actual caffeine. Um, you can also imbue alcohol with magical intention. And I'm going to talk to you about how to use already prepared alcohols in magical ways. Um You can also use a tincture. Now, a tincture is something that you can get at a health food store, and that is an essence, a very strong essence, usually the essential oil um, of an herb or um, a root, and it is put in alcohol. Sometimes they're put in other um, you know, mediums, but most of the time it's in alcohol, sometimes in water, sometimes in oil, but you'll mostly find them in alcohol. That's a tincture. And also, we can talk about juices, the juice of a fruit or the juice of a vegetable being the the thing that you're magically going to imbue. Now, teas or tisans are infusions. Another way of calling them are infusions with water. So you use an herb, usually a dried herb, although sometimes you can use fresh herbs as well. If you've got access to fresh herbs, you can use those. And you put that herb in water, in boiling water, and you What you do is extract the essence of that herb into your tea. So for example, chamomile is a beautiful little daisy-like flower. You get chamomile tea. It's a little dried flower herb. You put boiling water on that and voila, five, 10 minutes later, you've got yourself a tisane. 
Now, you can just drink that for health reasons, to make you sleepy, to make you relaxed, but you can also infuse it with intention. Now, chamomile in particular is good for money work. Those little golden um, centers of the flower kind of represent gold coins. So we use uh, chamomile in magic for money work. So if you want to make a prosperity tea, you could just go simply to the store and get some chamomile tea, bless it, infuse it, and then drink it or serve it to someone else, right? Um, if you want to know more about teas, you can take a look on my site at the um, blog that I have. Go to instruction, go to magic blog, and you will see um, if you scroll down to the I guess a couple um, uh, articles down, you'll see one on how to make teas into potions. And I list all the herbs that are great magically and also can make a great tea or tisane and what they're corresponding to, what their vibration is. All right. Um, so you can make different blends of teas. Now, let's say, for example, you wanted to... Um, use something like lemongrass to cut and clear negativity, but you also wanted to cut and clear any negativity around, let's say, um, your own self-worth. So bergamot, which is an, uh, an herb for your empowerment and your courage and your strength, is an ingredient that is found in Earl Grey tea. So if you have Earl Grey tea in your cupboard or you go to the store, you can add a little lemongrass to that tea and now you've just made an infusion a potion that you can bless then for removing any blocks to your empowerment look at that beautiful so easy to do and such a powerful thing you can do so you can blend different herbs together to sort of customize that potion for what it is that you want now another way we can use um, potions or use liquids magically is using already created liqueurs now, liqueurs are alcohol with the essences of plants and herbs in them. So if you look at like a, a, a liqueur like a Damiana, there's one called Damiana. It has Damiana in it. Now, Damiana is used in magical spells to attract love, to create passion, to bring love into your life or to bring a love closer. So, theoretically, you could make a cocktail with Damiana liqueur and serve that to someone to get them to feel more passionate about you. Or um, you could look at an example. Another example is um, elderflower. Saint Germain, the um, liqueur Saint Germain, is made with elderflower. And so, elderflower is used for uncrossing and protection and healing. So, you could make a little concoction with that, a little cocktail or a little, um, you know, even add it to a dessert or add it in a recipe of some kind and imbue it with that intention of clearing and cleansing and protecting and healing. So those are just a couple examples of how you can use an already prepared liqueur. You know, there's another thing I've noticed too. If you look at, um, one of the things I always pay attention to is when I look at different alcohols, I look to see what herbs they've used to flavor the alcohols and see if there's something that can be used magically. And one of the ones I noticed is that Bombay Sapphire Gin gives the list of the herbs that they use to flavor the gin. And they use things like juniper berries, which is in all gin, but juniper berries are good for sexual luck 
and they use citrus, which is good for clearing negativity. They use angelica, which is great for protection. They use orris root, which is about women's empowerment. Um, they use coriander, which is great for bringing in a faithful love. They use licorice, that's also used to dominate someone else or to control someone else. They use cassia bark, which is good for heating up luck and love or in money work. So all of these things are great for attracting in love. So you could take Bombay Sapphire Gin, for example, imbue it with your intention of bringing in a really good love into your life or creating more love in your life. And that's a perfectly good way to use that. So great idea for doing something that is making a magical potion in a very easy way. You can also make infusions of your own with alcohol. So you can take an existing alcohol, like um, a plain alcohol, like vodka or wine or brandy, really anything, and you can add edible herbs to it, just like a tea, right? Strain leave those herbs in them for a week or so, and then strain them out. And now you've made your own potion or infusion with alcohol. All right. Tinctures are another kind of way we can use um, liquid herbs in a potion. So tinctures you can get um, at health food stores and they're concentrated herb essences in alcohol or sometimes water or sometimes oil. And they're usually used for medicinal purposes. In the health food store, they're going to tell you the medicinal purpose of that herb. But um, you know, for example, like anise is used for a sore throat, but you can use that anise for protection from the evil eye. Or for example, in the health food store, you'll find black walnut, which is meant to cleanse and detoxify, but you can use that black walnut tincture um, to cut and clear unhealthy attachments. So there's a lot about um, you know understanding these herbs and understanding how they're used, but you can adapt without even being having to work. It's not like you have to sit over a cauldron and say, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble, you know? <laughs> um, juices are also another way that you can um, imbue a, a a spell. They can also be the substrate for a spell as well. So um, they are the liquid part of a fruit. So a great example of a juice that we would use and probably is pretty well known is lemon juice. So lemon juice is used for cutting and clearing. So you could perhaps do a lemonade, sweeten it with honey, to sweeten the cutting and clearing perhaps and make that lemonade for removing any negativity. Or you could use orange for uplifting or for inviting in a loving relationship. Orange juice could be used for that. You can also use grape juice for fertility spells and so on. So you, you know, do some research about what the fruits that you like to drink are used for magically and you can find ways to make them into potions as well. Now, we can also use foods for a spell. So we've talked about liquids. Let's talk about foods. So you can use ready-made foods or you can create your own foods. And when you do it either way, you want to choose foods whenever possible that are the closest to whole ingredients. Why? Because they're higher vibration. Your body is going to take the nutrients in and is also going to take that spell in as well. You want to, as sort of a logical thing, stay away from chemicals, stay away from artificially processed foods, overly processed foods, and so on. Choose the ingredients that match your intention. For example, if you wanted to heat up a love interest, right, you could choose 
things that have that quality. For example, ginger snaps. Ginger snaps have ginger in them, which will heat up a love and passion. They also have sugar or sweetener in them, um, honey in them, and so on, that will sweeten that relationship. So there's an example of something that would be good. Again, you'd want to choose something that has real ginger in it, real honey, or make it yourself that way. When you have that item that you're making, or even if it's a ready-made item, you want to imbue it with your intention. You know, an example of that would be to hold your hands over it, to pray over it, to put your intention over it. But if you're making it from scratch, as you add each ingredient, you could be saying what it is that you want that ingredient to do. Just like I teach you to do when you're doing a mojo bag, you ask each herb to do the work. The same thing can be true for a recipe that you're making, whether it's liquid or, or a food. Put that intention in every step that you do. Put on some, you're making a love spell, put on some sexy love music in the background while you're doing your cooking. There's so many ways that you can really charge that work. Speak your intention as you add each ingredient. Learn about those herbs. Those herbs are powerful receptacles for our intention. And let's talk about that. Some herbs are better for some things and some herbs are better for other things. So, for example, if you wanted to pack something up, a Ziploc bag might be useful for it, but if it's breakable, you'd want to put a box around it, right? It's not that you couldn't put the breakable thing in a Ziploc bag, but it's going to be more protected in that box, right? So the same thing is true of herbs. Some herbs are better for other things and are going to vibrate on that level and support you on that level, and you want to use those herbs. So like I said just a minute ago, using ginger, ginger can be used for heating up luck. It can also be used for heating up love. It is what we call a sweet hot spice. So ginger and cinnamon, for example, are sweet hot spices. So they're usually used for heating up something positive. Now, there are savory hot spices that we use like red pepper flakes, and those are used more aggressively for banishing something or someone who is unwanted. So You wouldn't use red hot pepper flakes in a spell about a love because you want the love to be sweet, right? So you, and nor would you use ginger or cinnamon in a spell for banishing because you don't want to sweeten that necessarily. I don't think I've never heard of an occasion where you would. If you're getting rid of something, you want out of your life. So you wouldn't want a sweetness or an attachment there. So think about that. Now, if you are interested in finding out more about herbs, you can find out some on that blog post that I have about teas. It talks about edible herbs or drinkable herbs, and I list them and what they're used for. But if you really want to get into it and learn more about that, I recommend a couple of books that I sell up on my website. So if you go to Parlor of Wonders, go to Books and Media, go to Books, you'll see Hoodoo, Urban Root Magic, which is one book that I highly recommend. The other one I really recommend is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. That is a fantastic book about using herbs magically. So both of these books together, you'll have a complete encyclopedia of ways that you can use herbs in spell work. So let's talk about what I was saying that we were going to get to in this episode about doing a spell with things that you can find in your cupboard. So let's think about those things that you have in your cupboard or you probably have in your cupboard. You probably have sugar or honey or molasses, and these are things that are used for sweetening. So if you want to sweeten someone, sweeten a spell, sweeten something, make something joyful, you add honey, sugar, or molasses. Cinnamon and ginger, as I just talked about, are good for heating up luck, money, or love spells. Basil is probably something you have in your spice rack, and that is good for money, 
spells, success spells. It's also good for adding peace to the home and protection around the home. Vanilla is a gorgeous herb and you can use extract of vanilla or vanilla bean. And vanilla is beautiful for making a sensual love, a seduction, a passionate love, a really sweet, sexy love. Uh, Thyme is another herb you probably have and thyme is used in spells for money or protection or to protect your money. Bay leaf is another one you probably have and bay leaf is great for success, for power, for winning something when there's a competition. So all of these herbs are things that you can add to your spells. And even if you're making food for your family, for example, you can add a bay leaf to your stew and say, may this bring success to everyone in my family. May everyone who eats that this have confidence and courage to be victorious and so on. You can say a little prayer over your food as you're making it if you're using these herbs. But there's so many more herbs than just these. I recommend going over to that blog post and checking it out. So when we do the blessing on the herbs, we want to do that. I think there's a couple ways that we can do that. I talked a little bit about as you're making something, you can put the intention as you're doing that. You can also take something ready-made, like a ready-made drink or ready-made food that has the ingredient that supports what you want and put your hands over it and close your eyes and think or speak your intention of what you want that food or drink to do. Now, this is something that's very reminiscent of what we probably you are familiar with, because most people have had this experience of saying a blessing before you eat. So when you think about your blessing before you sit down to eat, that's another opportunity for you to imbue the food with what it is that you want, health, wellness, and so on. So you can say that prayer or blessing and say that over the food, but imbue it into the food, visualize it going into the food as people eat it, as you and your family eat those things that you've worked hard over or worked hard to get the money to bring home to your family. Think about the ingredients that are in the food and how you can use those energies to enhance your life. So for example, like we talked about basil, if you have basil in your spaghetti sauce, set intentions for that spaghetti sauce that it brings in abundance and prosperity. You know, think about, you know, go a little bit deeper, not just saying a general blanket blessing, but think about what's in that food and how you can use that particular item for a blessing. If you want to work on someone else, making a spell or potion, for food or drink can be done in a an overt way or a covert way. So an overt way is by saying, you know, look, I made this, um, you know, this beautiful cake and it's got sugar, molasses and honey for sweetening. It's got some lavender for loving feelings. It's got some lemon balm for clearing up feelings and it's got some borage to make people happy and mint to protect them. You could tell people if you are around people that are, are um, so magically inclined what you're doing and what you're intending for that food and they can consciously think of that while they're taking that food in their body. But you could also do something sneaky, like you could make an aphrodisiac. So you could steep herbs, for example, in wine or alcohol and serve that as an aphrodisiac to someone you want to fall in love with you. So you could use ginger or cinnamon for heating up the relationship, juniper to increase the sexual attraction, hibiscus to invite in more passion, lovage to encourage that new love to come closer, any number of herbs that you can use. So go ahead and check out that list of herbs on that tea blog and you'll know Um, more about what you can do to make these potions. 
Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more info about working with herbs and magical spells, then you will want to check out my YouTube video page at hoodoohowto.com or on YouTube at youtube.com slash madampamita, where you can see several videos showing you how to work with herbs in candle magic and teas. I have a tea video up there too and more. So if you want to find out some other amazing ways of working with herbs, I also recommend that you go over to my website and subscribe to my newsletter because you'll get a free copy of my gorgeously illustrated book, Seven Secrets to Supercharge Your Spellwork. In it, I have a whole chapter dedicated strictly to our herbal allies and the ways that you can access their power for spell work. So just go to sevensecretsebook.com and you'll get your free copy. You'll be able to sign up. Of course, you can buy that if you don't want to sign up for the newsletter, but I think it's such a good deal. Get it for free. I want to say another huge thank you to Samantha for her super inspiring question about making food and drink magical. If you have a question about spells, hoodoo, law of attraction, divination, or any other magical or spiritual topic, you can go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and submit your questions there. I love the questions that you guys send in. They're amazing. I love reading through them. And if your question gets chosen for a future podcast, you get a $50 gift certificate to my online store, Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders, which is an esoteric emporium, spiritual apothecary, and repository of arcane wisdom. Basically, the Parlor of Wonders is your one-stop shop for magical supplies, tarot readings, spells, and a ton of free magical instruction. So the ingredients for Every spell recipe that we mention on the Law of Attraction are available at parlorofwonders.com. So all the herbs that we've talked about are all available there. So head over there to check it out. And I want to say thanks to all of the Law of Attraction, Law of Attractioneers. What do I call you guys? Magic and the Law of Attractioneers. <laughs> and all of you out there who have subscribed and shared this podcast with your friends. And a big, big, big love to those of you who have left reviews on iTunes. Every time I do a podcast, I always say thank you to those of you who have left a review. And every episode, we run a little contest to pick our favorite written review from the iTunes review. And we give that person a free 30-minute tarot reading with me. I will sit down with you for 30 minutes and do a reading for you. So our pick for this episode is, drumroll please, um, Gonzo's Pet Chicken. Gonzo's Pet Chicken said, where did you go? Well, I'm back. So here I am. After listening to only one episode, I'm hooked. I'm sad to see there hasn't been a new episode added in almost a year. Well, it's been a couple of years now. I will enjoy what is here. Subscribe and hope to learn something new from Madame Pamita soon. Well, Gonzo's Pet Chicken, the day has arrived. The podcast is back. It's coming back. I've got more episodes lined up, so you will not have to worry, wait, or suffer any longer. Here I am. Thank you so much, everyone, for um, listening to my podcast. Go ahead and leave a question. If you go to Parlor of Wonders go to, um, or go to magicandthelawofattraction.com, you can leave your questions there for future episodes and possibly win a $50 gift certificate and leave subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And if you leave a review, you may be the one that I pick for our free 30-minute reading. Thank you again so much. I want to say... Thank you, and I look forward to next episode when we will be answering the question, how can I read a candle? Until next time, this is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. One, two,